Hello friends, Tony Gonzalez here, your host of Wellness For You. I am a first responder, more specifically a police officer for 23 years. I am the creator of Your Stress Style and this is my podcast, Wellness For You, where I talk about your stress style, identifying it, and finding ways to relieve your stress daily, not waiting for that special day that vacation or retirement, but doing it now. Hello, everybody. This is Tony Gonzalez from Wellness For You. I am really excited to be with you today because I am talking to one of my dear friends, and her name is Jen, and her and I worked together for almost 20 years together. And one of the reasons that I'm excited about talking to her today is because she is a fellow woman, you know, and this is not to separate us male and females, but there is a different bond that you have. And there's also different things that we stress out about. So today I want to talk to you, talk to you about my friend, Jen, and I want her to talk to you about her life in law enforcement and what it was like. And without further ado... Jen, thank you so much for doing this with me. You're welcome. <laughs> it's good to see you. You too. I miss you. I miss you. I miss, I miss you. you too. Yeah, it's uh, it's so different. Um, I think that when it was unreal when you left, you know what I mean. And without trying to get all crying emotional here, it was it was it was a shock. You know what I mean. And you left an imprint in our lives, especially mine. You're such an amazing person. You have, you have this thing about you that when you walk into a room, you touch our souls and you change things and you did a lot of change and you, you helped a lot of people. Thank you. That means a lot. That was my whole purpose in this field of work was trying to help people and help change people's lives and hopefully make a difference. And I, I think I did. You did. You did. You definitely did. Um, let's talk about how you... I want to say fell into this job because I think we, you and I have had this conversation before that we both fell into this, yeah. into this world. So back in 2000, I took the civil service test um, on a whim. Uh, a fellow a coworker of ours, Tommy Houston, had um, said to me, why don't you take the test? And I always thought about it as a kid becoming a police officer. And I grew up in the Bronx and, you know, we had our, our cop who walked the beat up and down the block and while we were outside playing uh, we always knew we're, that we were safe because he was there, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just, I had other uh, family and law enforcement. And so I took the test in, um, I think, October of 2000. Uh, I scored well. I got yeah. placed on the list for Long Branch because I lived in town. And I got hired in August of 2001, like, just like that. Yeah. There were, you know, people who sat on lists for years and years and years and it expired and I didn't have that experience. I don't know. I got lucky. I, I guess it was just meant to be. It was meant to be. So, yeah. So I worked for City of Long Branch for 18 years. And it was interesting, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that's true. <laughs> yeah, you never knew what you were going to encounter. Oh. Any given day, moment. Um, some days were good. Some days were bad. I often told people that you know, everybody has bad days, just usually our bad days were on a whole different level of bad. Yeah. Yep. So that's what 
that's that's what I talk about a lot, you know, uh, about your stress style, how in law enforcement, we never know what we're walking into. We never know. The days are never the same. Um, the situations are never the same. And in and in a in a second, things change. And they change your life. Yeah, totally. Blink you know? of an eye. Blink of an eye. It just yeah. you never know. Yeah. Um, do you think this experience has was what you expected it to be? I don't. I don't think so. I don't think I knew what to expect. I was just a baby. I was 21 years old. Um, I didn't go to college. Um, I went straight from high school to working and took the test and then got hired. I mean, I went, I was, you could say I was a baby doing a grown up job because, you know, now looking back, we have all these young guys who are on mm -hmm. and you go on calls with them and you see their faces yeah. and you see the way they interact with people. And it's just like, oh my God, you guys haven't even lived. How could you tell me what to do? You know? Exactly. So it's hard to remember being in that position, but we were all there. We were all just babies. So I never knew really what to expect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So this is this is one of those jobs that no one really gives. I mean, they tell in the academy, they teach you everything that they, you know, like all the things you need to know, the laws, yeah, you know, stuff. textbook stuff. And, you know, if you pull this car over, this is what you do. But they never prepare your mind for what you're going to see no. and how you're going to feel after you see what you just saw right and there's so much different between the black and white in the textbook and the gray areas that you actually face uh there's no there's no guidelines there's no handbooks there's no rules that tell you how to how to deal with that gray stuff right right and that gray stuff is really where i think i had a lot of problems dealing with the, you know what i mean like so that's where i want to go into that is you were you had a lot of different jobs in our police department, but you were an EMT. And with EMTs, you're the first person really to go into these to these calls. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a joke. I don't want anybody to get offended, but there were things that you did that I did not want to do, yeah. like take the socks off a person that really did not. Uh, you know, they didn't need a police officer there taking care of their, you know, stub toe. Right, right. And there were also those calls where you knew that it was like super gory and super messed up. And there goes, there goes Jen with her bags, you know, yeah, pumping totally. through. And then there was those other, other calls that you were saving lives, attempting to save lives. And they never, we didn't save them. No. And then... It wasn't because you didn't try. No. Um, I always tell people that it's so hard holding somebody else's life in your hands. Like, literally, whether you're doing CPR on somebody, whether you're delivering a baby. Like, that's a huge responsibility. Um, and it almost comes down to, like, an ego thing where it's like, no, I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix this. This is not happening right now, right here. I'm not going to let it happen. But ultimately, you're not. You're not the higher power. You're there and you have your skill set and your experience and you do everything that you're trained to do or everything that you think you should be doing. But ultimately, you don't get to decide the outcome. Wow. And it's hard. It's hard to go home wondering, did I do everything that I could have done? Did I do everything I should have done? 
what did I do something wrong? Did is there something else? Like why? Just why? It's always hard wondering. Yeah, that is one of the things that uh, I'm. I'm so glad that you're talking about it, and it is really heartfelt because I can see I'm sitting across from you, watching, watching your 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 emotion. You did do everything that you could, and you did a hundred percent more than anybody out here. That is what I. I, I talk about is no one stops to ask you after everything that you completed, how did you feel? Do you, do you need to talk to somebody? Right. I'm here for you. Right. Yep. The next day it's back to business. Right. You know, like, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, on your first, what was the, I don't want you to, to go into, you don't have to go into the first call, but the first time that you actually um, had that sleepless night, and was it, how how did you feel? Was it when you had the kids, or was it before you had the kids? You know, if you could talk about that. Yeah, I can vividly remember, um, fresh out of EMT school, Mind you, uh, the department sent me through EMT school. I went to Monmouth Medical um, two nights a week for, I don't know, 12 weeks or, or something like that. And, um, you know, they, they teach you from hands-on stuff to textbook stuff to, you know, different people coming in and talking to you and, and things like that. So I was on a 3 to 11 shift, and there was a motorcycle accident on Ocean Boulevard in Avery. And it was a car versus a motorcycle and I was the first one to get there. And now you could see pieces of motorcycle all over Ocean Boulevard, and you could also see body parts on Ocean Boulevard. Wow. There was a, a female lying in the street. Um, she was missing some limbs, and she was kind of flopping around like a fish, trying to get up because she was in shock. She didn't know what was going on. And I remember a Monarch ambulance pulling up. They were a BLS unit just passing by, coming from the hospital, and they were like, do you need help? And I was like, yes. So they came over, and um, they started assisting her. Now, mind you, she was the passenger on the motorcycle. The driver was a good 50 to 75 yards away from her. He had, upon impact, hit a wall, uh, a retaining wall around the apartment building, face first, and was face down on the ground at the retaining wall. And I remember oh my God, I got to flip this guy over to get his airway. Like right. airway, airway, airway. That's what they always right. say, you know. Um, he had a full face helmet on. And I remember another fellow officer who's retired now, Kevin King, came. And he's like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, we got to flip this guy over. We got to get an airway, you know. So we did. And um, he had a full face helmet on. And you're not supposed to remove the helmet. Right. But because it was a full face helmet, I had to, to in sure. order to maintain the airway. So um, we took the helmet off. And the guy, he was already, he was deceased. Um, But his eyes were open, and they were these big blue eyes. And I remember thinking, he's got to still be alive. Right. Like, his eyes were so vividly blue, and they looked so alive. And I was like, you know, I got to fix this, you know. So, you know, (laughs) we started CPR, and ultimately it was futile because he he was dead on impact. But that night, I went home, and... All I could see was those two blue eyes oh, wow. looking at me. Yeah. And it, it messed me up pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I um it's it's really it it was really tough. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with that and that till this day, it's many years later, 
when you think about it, you still see that, you know? And that is one of the things that I really, truly think that needs to change in, in law enforcement. There has to be, not only for law enforcement, for all first responders, because what that does to us, it changes us. You were 21 when you started. I was 25 when I started. Not that, not that we're naive to what is going on, but when you come into this, you have no idea what you're walking into. (laughs) That's not some stuff you see on TV. No. It's way more real and vivid and messy in real life. Yep. Did anybody talk to you after that incident? So for, um, I was off for the next few days and I didn't sleep at all. And, um, I got a phone call from a supervisor. It was like, Hey kid, how you doing? And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm fine. And they're like, you know, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, you know, and they're like, are you, you know, do you need to talk to somebody? And like in that split moment, you're like, no, I don't need to talk to somebody. Like, this is my job. Who am I going to talk to? What am I going to talk about? Like I did what I was supposed to do and that's it. But then like, as the days went on more and more, like I was a mess and I called them back and I was like, yeah, I think I do need to talk to somebody. And they set me up to go see somebody over there at 279 third upstairs and talked to the guy for a couple days in a row. I went there and I talked to him and, uh, it definitely made me feel better to speak to a party who is completely uninvolved, right. you know, a, a professional, especially like, yep. you know, that, that reasons with you and, and gives you, cause you can always think like rational, but it's the emotions that get yes. you. You can rationalize things, but emotions take over. Yes, yes, yes. I'm super happy to hear that you actually spoke to somebody because I talk about therapy all the time and I tell people there is no shame in that. You know, there is no shame in going to someone and telling them that something affected you and that you need someone to just tell you everything's going to be okay. You know, it may take a couple times. It may take longer, but there is no shame in that. And people, I want you to know that there are people out here that want to speak to you and that want to help you. You know? What hit home, I think, so bad with that incident was that my boyfriend had a motorcycle at the time. He's now my husband. And we used to go out riding on that motorcycle. And I thought, oh, my God, this could be us. Yeah. Oh, and wow. what people don't understand either is that, yeah, like you put on a uniform and it's almost like a role that the way I looked at it was it was a role. I put on my uniform and I put on my whole act. Um, you know, yes. I was tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I was strong. I was authoritative. I was... Everything that I thought I needed to be in that uniform, but underneath that uniform, still just a human being. That's right. So it's it's hard for people, I think, to realize that we are just human beings. We have emotions and feelings. You've said it. I couldn't have said that any better. And Jen, I'm glad that you that you touched on that because we are humans under that, and we do have to we do have to be actors. We, I mean, can you imagine just walking up? Hey, you know. You know, you have to handle business, you know, even more so as a female. um, Yes. In, in, in the police line of work is you feel almost as an underdog to begin with. Yes. You know, the whole chauvinist thing. I mean, I can tell you that there was definitely supervisors in the beginning of my career that were chauvinists Mm -hmm. and who, you know, didn't treat you the same as they treated the guys and true. Um, and the same way for the general public, you know, you would go on a scene and you would have a male counterpart there with you and they would talk to the male and they would listen to the male and they didn't yeah. want anything to do with the female that exactly. was standing there exactly it's okay this is it's 
<laughs> we have live, live our, our, the dog is running around, and I love it. <laughs> She's, She's protecting the home. <laughs> it's okay. What? What's up? <laughs> I tell you what, though, animals definitely help. Yes, they do. So if you don't have an animal, I'm <laughs> going to strongly recommend it. <laughs> Sometimes they're worse than children, but they, they can definitely love on you the best. It's true. I actually love that you just talked about you said something about w- women and how we were treated differently. And this is not a male bashing session, nah. people. It is basically just talking about real stuff, yeah. real real issues. As a woman, did you feel it was harder juggling home life, uh, work life, mom life, all that, yeah. you know? Sure it was. Um, for, let's see, I got married in 08 and I had a baby in 09. So I got hired in 01. So for seven, eight years nine years um it was just my job it was just what I did I came and I went and um then you got this new human being involved that's you know a part of you and that depends mm-hmm. on you and and needs you for everything and it was it was hard it was definitely hard um juggling sleep especially you know trying to put your child's needs before everything else um it's just you know, I lived in the next town over and yeah. often supervisors would say, you know, just go ahead, go run home if you need to and, and things like that. But I felt like if I ran home, then I would have to take off the police role and put on the mommy role. Wow, that's deep. And it's too, it was too involved. It was too hard because that's not mm-hmm. fair to my kids to just stop in because then I have to leave. Right. I'm, I'm on duty. I need to leave. And they don't understand that. They don't. So I tried my best that when I was at work, I was at work and I tried not to come home and you know, be mommy at the same time, you know, for, you know, eight hours of the day, I had to do what I had to do. And, you know, obviously you're always thinking about what's going on at home and, you know, the kids okay. And if they were sick or something, it it was a lot harder, but, um, it's, it's definitely a, a juggling act. Yeah. I, uh, I, I only had one kid. I can't imagine if I had two of them. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's I tough. Yeah. I have a boy and a girl. And um, my son I had um, in 2012. And I came back to work after maternity leave. And Superstorm Sandy hit. Yeah. I had just been back to work a couple of weeks. And here I was with this three-month-old baby at home. And the whole, it, what felt like the whole world was falling apart. Yes. And, you know, they made us work extra hours and we were doing 12 hour shifts, 16 hour shifts. And um, I had to leave, you know, my kids for that long. And, you know, we had no power at home and things like that. It was and then we have all these people who who were so much worse off than, you know, I knew my kids were at home and they were safe. And um, thankfully, we had family to help take care of them because my husband and I were, you know, juggling 16 and 12 hour shifts between the two of us never saw each other coming or going no um but ultimately there was people who were worse off so that's all I kept thinking about yeah that's one thing about you is that you always think about everyone else and what people don't realize you're both you were both police officers here and we met in the police academy yeah that is like that's awesome (laughs) a love story I love it found love in a hopeless place yeah (laughs) and we know where that was But it's not easy um, having two people in the same profession, in the same police department. Um, and it's just very, very stressful. The whole thing all the way around is very stressful. Yeah, it's not easy. But then on the flip side of it, it was 
almost beneficial because we both knew what the other one was dealing with and we both knew if it was a bad day that it was probably a really bad day yeah and we always knew that we could come home and and tell the other one what we were feeling and what happened and that they got it because I know that there's a lot of fellow officers out there who don't go home and they don't tell their significant others what happened or what they were feeling and even if they did they're just civilian persons. They don't understand. Right. They can listen and they can hear, but they can't understand. Mm-mm. They can't feel what we feel or understand how we feel. So having that at home was actually beneficial, I think, in some ways. It was hard, definitely hard, um, juggling, you know, two of us working two different shifts all the time, but pros and cons. Yeah, you guys are awesome. We always talk about you guys. <laughs> you're welcome we do we do we 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 shared a lot of laughs right we shared a lot of laughs and and a lot of funny moments even though there's a lot of crazy moments in this job we shared a lot of laughs I wanted to talk to you about and thanks for sharing everything that you're sharing with us because it's very very honest candid and it's from the heart I know you I know and everything that you're saying is from the heart let's talk about stress and we have talked about this and how how you dealt with it on a daily basis. Mm. Some days I dealt with it better than others, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure, just like anybody else. Of course. Um, there were definitely hard days. Um, working midnights mm. is, is definitely tough. Working 3 to 11 is definitely tough when you have kids at home and you have a family. Um, but that really caused a lot of stress. You know, we worked steady shifts for a while and I worked day shift and my husband worked overnights and, and it worked for us because one of us always got to be home with the kids. Um, but my husband handles midnights way better than I do. Oof, girl. He, he can operate on a far <laughs> less sleep than me. Um, but the stress definitely took a toll, you know, shorter temper with the kids, yeah. um, you know, not wanting to go and do things. Um, always having excuses for staying home instead of going somewhere just because um, you kind of like introvert. You just you yeah. deal with people for eight hours a day and it's usually not people at their best. And it definitely takes a toll. It, it makes you tired. It makes you angry. It makes you cranky. It gives you a short fuse and it, it, takes, it takes a lot out of you. And, and unfortunately, it takes away from your family. It does. Wow. That's... You're you're amazing. Um, most people wouldn't wouldn't say all that because a lot of us we we want to keep a lot of it quiet. You know what I mean? But one hundred percent, it changes you. Absolutely. Stress changes you, and people out here don't understand that we see things that most people will never see in their entire lifetimes. I'll never stop saying that till I take my last breath. It's so true. And I hope people don't have to see what we see. Exactly. I don't wish this upon anyone, but it changes us. And that is one of the reasons that we, that I talk about this is because I want everyone to know out here while you're sitting here judging and you're sitting here pointing your fingers, just realize that you're putting humans into inhumane situations Absolutely. and experiences. And out here, we all need to help each other out. You know, uh, if you see a police officer and you, they didn't look at you or, or maybe they walk into a place, ask them, how are you? How are you doing today? You know, 
don't think that every one of them is the same as the one that made that mistake, you know? Stop and ask, do you, how are you doing? How's your day going? Do you need anything? I always say that, you know, we're, there's neighbors. They're your neighbors. We're your neighbors. Yeah. Ask us, how, do, how are you doing? Just people too. Yes, yes. Um, so how, let's talk about your retirement. I know it's going to be, it's, it's a, it's, it's a tough one. Um, it, it wasn't something that you planned. It was not. And I know it was tough. Yes. I unfortunately got hurt on the job. Um, thankfully nothing major, you know, I still have all my pieces. They just don't work right. Um, I went home the end of that day and that's always our, our main goal. Um, Unfortunately, through the system, I don't think I was given the best care possible. No. And ultimately, it resulted in an injury that I couldn't recover from, which meant I couldn't perform all the duties of my job anymore. So I was ultimately forced into retirement due to my injury. I'm really sorry about that. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's definitely not what you plan. Um I had hoped to do 20, which wasn't necessarily on the table anyway, because the governor pulled that out from under <laughs> yeah. us a few years ago. Yeah. But we were hoping for it to be reinstated, and I was, I was hoping to do 20, and if not, I was in for a long haul, 25. But uh, God had other plans, apparently, and uh, he's always got a plan. Absolutely. We don't know what it is. Just kind of have to go along with it. So that's where I am right now. I'm retired on injury, and... Um, I'm just trying to follow the plan. <laughs> yeah, you but you know, you're you're very spiritual and we we've spoken about this. I think that everything, I mean, this is going to sound really crazy, but things sometimes happen. Not I don't want to say for a reason, but things just happen for us, not to us, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. There is definitely a reason. Um I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I am spiritual like you said. Um and I believe I believe Yes, me too. I me have faith. too. I have faith that there's a bigger plan. There is. There's something else that's supposed to happen, and I'm not supposed to be there anymore. So that's right. Here I am. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Knowing you, something huge is coming. I know you. Yeah. yeah. I I I know that you're you're meant for big things, and not that police wasn't police work wasn't big things, but bigger things. You know. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, what advice would you give any officer that is starting out? Now, in dealing with stress. Oof. Well, first of all, you always have to stay true to yourself. You have to have integrity. You have to have morals. You have yes. to have values. And somebody's always watching in this day and age. You know, mm-hmm. they say big brother's watching. But even if they're not, you have to be true to yourself and think that you're always doing the right thing. And if you are, then it's far easier to sleep at night. Yeah. Um, if, if you're uh, afraid of the cameras and, you know, the news and the media and all the bashing of the police that goes on, it, it takes, it takes a, a very strong toll on you. It takes, takes away from your performance of what you're doing and it, it definitely adds stress. So just always be true and, and just do the right thing. Yeah. I love that advice. As always, um, I love talking to you. I I really do. I think you're an amazing, amazing human. Your soul, thank you. Your soul is amazing. And though I am selfish right now in saying that I miss you, you 
you're always in my heart, in my mind, and you're not that far away. No, so, I'm right here. You yes, know where you find me. <laughs> that's right. I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to me and to talk to millions of people out here about your experience, what you've been through, everything. I'm flattered that you even wanted to because, like I said, everything I did, I just did because that's what I was supposed to do. So to me, it's it's nothing heroic. It's nothing, you know, out of the norm, normal. It's just it comes from within. Well, you are a hero, girl. <laughs> You're my hero. Thank you. You're Thank you so hero. much. No, girl. So people, this is my girl, Jen. I'm so glad that you tuned in and listened to us. Just remember something. Stay true to yourself, which is something that Jen just said, and I and I I I agree. But remember that you are the most important person and that it all starts with you. And do something daily to relieve your stress. And more importantly, people, stay safe out there. Bye. Be safe. Bye. Talk to you soon.